Hey, welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and to trust Him more. To keep up with us or to get more information, visit CelebrationChurchLive.com. If you have a Bible, we're not in a series this morning. Um, we're going to be doing a little bit of a standalone, a standalone sermon. Um, but if you have your Bible, I'd like us to go to two different places. The first place is the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians, chapter 5. We're going to look, be looking at specifically verse 9. And then after we read this, we're going to jump over to the very last chapter in the gospel of Luke, and that is Luke 24. But first, let's go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. And verse 9, if you didn't bring a Bible, we should have brought it for you on the screen. It says this, Galatians chapter 5, verse 9. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? We're supposed to have it on the screen, but I know we've been having some technical difficulties, so give the guys in the back a break, okay? They're trying their darndest and their hardest. But I promise you the Bible says that. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system. With this in mind, I want us to go to Luke 24. Luke 24, we're gonna jump right into the thick of it. So this may not make some sense right off the bat, um, but as we go through our journey through the scriptures today, I will do my best to make it make some sense. But Luke 24, we'll start our reading at verse 19, says this, and Jesus said to them, what things? And they said to Jesus, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But listen to this, but we had hoped, but we had hoped that he was the one (laughs) to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. A moment ago, we read in Galatians, don't you know that even a little lie can permeate your entire belief system? This morning, I wanna preach a message that I'm simply calling this, a lens for your letdown. A lens for your let down. Let's pray and let's ask God to come and invade these next couple moments. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for what you're doing. Lord, thank you that on the precipice of a brand new year, we can stand confident, not because 2022 went so well or because we're so thankful 2022 is over, but because we know who has already gone ahead of us. Steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. We know we haven't made ourselves righteous. You made us righteous. We don't get to stand righteous because we did everything that is righteous in 2022. No, we are righteous and our steps are ordered. Therefore, we can stand in peace. And Lord, I thank you right now that over the next couple moments that we are gonna share in your presence, Lord, you're gonna meet us right where you need to meet us. Lord, don't allow us to, don't allow us to hide Don't allow us to just put our best foot forward, but actually meet us right where we're at this morning. Give us a word, God, for the oncoming year. Speak something so loud that the enemy cannot put it on mute. And I thank you for that right now. It's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And the church said, amen, amen. Have you ever wanted something so bad you were willing to lie to get it? 
Have you ever wanted something so bad you were willing to lie? to get it. Some of you are like, that's pretty much my online dating life. Okay. Whoa. All right. We are starting off 2023 with a bang. All right. Have you ever wanted something so bad you were willing to lie to get it? Um, I remember um, when I was eight years old, I wanted something so bad I lied to get it. Okay. And I'll be honest with you. I'm now almost 28 years old. So I am 20 years removed from this moment. So I do not understand why eight-year-old Keenan wanted what eight-year-old Keenan wanted. Okay. But when I was eight years old, I wanted glasses. Okay. I wanted glasses more than anything for whatever reason. I thought that was what I needed to add to my repertoire. Okay. I don't know what kind of anointing I thought was going to be released on my life when I got bifocals. Okay. But I really wanted glasses. Right. And so I knew our annual optometrist visit was around the corner. And I I, I predetermined in my eight-year-old heart how this optometrist checkup was gonna go, okay? So my mom takes us, we go to the optometrist, we sit there, and I know they're gonna slap that little machine in front of me, and the kind lady's gonna ask me to read the pyramid, and it's gonna start off with a big one, and we're gonna go down to the little ones, and I am going to botch it, okay? So I sit there, we get to the optometrist, she slaps the thing in front of my face, and I'm going through, and I, I calculated in my eight-year-old brain that maybe if I did every third one, Okay, it would work. So I started going through and I would say, you know, she's like, what is this? I'm like, it's an F. I knew it was E, you know, I knew. She's like, what is this? B, I knew it was D, okay? What is this? Oh, I knew it was Q. I knew it was Q, okay? So I'm going through and I'm just botching this optometrist exam. And sure enough, when the test is over, she turns to my mom, she says, Mrs. Clark, your son Keenan is gonna need himself some glasses. And on the outside, I kept it cool, right? I was like, oh man, okay, wow. Never saw my life going this way. She's like, it's because you can't see. I'm like, <laughs> uh, but on the inside, I was hooping and hollering, okay? I was having a hoe down, all right? I was getting after it. I was so excited that I was now gonna have some glasses. And I remember we finally picked some out. I had these little wire frames. I had this little box, or it was like a little case, and the top of it, it was shaped like a rocket ship, right? And the top of it, when you hit this button, would pop open. I felt like a greaser from The Outsiders. It was my switchblade. I was going around, popping that thing open. I thought I was the coolest cat on the block, all right? And uh, I wore these wire frames, and that is what I look like. Do we have a picture? Bam! <laughs> that is eight-year-old Keenan wearing his glasses. And I'll be honest with you, that is the only picture we have of me in those glasses. <laughs> and it's not because I saw the picture and went, my God, I'm hideous. That's not what I thought. It's because shortly thereafter, I hated those glasses. I hated them because they hurt my eyes. Everywhere I would go, my eyes were straining to see through these lenses. And it was because the prescription didn't fit my eye. It fit my lie. The prescription may have been on paper prescribed to Kenan, but it was actually prescribed to a lie Kenan told and as I looked through the literal lens of a lie, I was let down by the thing I thought was going to add something to me. And I'm here to tell somebody this morning, lies always lead to letdowns. Lies always lead 
to letdowns. Looking through the wrong lens, listen to me, looking through the wrong lens at your life, at your family, even at God, will leave you disappointed. Disappointed. Can you be honest this morning in church? Are you disappointed? I think a lot of us, we come into the first Sunday, January 1, 2023, the onset of a new year, and we're like, pastor's gonna give us some motivation this morning, right? Pastor's gonna put a little pep in our step. He's gonna fill my spiritual gas tank, and he's gonna do it for free, and it's gonna be great. I didn't come to bring motivation this morning. I came to get real. Because the truth is this, the year may have changed, but if you don't, it's gonna be a repeat of the same thing. Are you disappointed? Did 2022 let you down? That's what I'm trying to ask. Are you grateful that a new year has darkened, a new year has come because the last one is one you'd like to put to bed. You wanna bury it six feet deep. Are you disappointed? Because when you look through the lens of a lie, it will always let you down. And listen to me, if you feel disappointed this morning, there are two men we read about a moment ago in Luke 24 who can relate to you. A moment ago, we read in Luke 24. Now, I kind of jumped right into the thick of it. So some of you, if you haven't read this story before, you were like, what in the world's going on? We met these two men. One of them is unnamed and the other one's name is Cleopas. Cleopas. And they are walking from Jerusalem back to a village called Emmaus. They are on a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem, the holy city, back to Emmaus. And the reason they are leaving Jerusalem and going to Emmaus is because of what just took place in Jerusalem. They had gone to Jerusalem because their hope was in Jerusalem. Jesus was on the scene. Jesus was opening blind eyes. He was opening deaf ears. He was loosing mute tongues. The dude was doing in crazy stuff. And so they go to Jerusalem only to watch, listen to me, their hopes be quite literally ripped to shreds before their eyes. These two men, they aren't one of the 12 famous disciples of Jesus, but they were disciples of Jesus nonetheless. They were bought in. All their eggs were in Jesus's basket. All their hope was in this man from Galilee. All their hope was in this man from Nazareth. So they relocate their life. They go from Emmaus to Jerusalem to be a part of the action. And then all of a sudden things get turned on their head. Jesus gets handed over to religious leaders and they flog him to the point, and the Bible says this, that people couldn't tell if they were looking at a man or an animal. You understand that's how badly they beat Jesus. It wasn't just a few little nicks here and a few bruises there. They whipped him until you could not tell if he was a man or an animal. And these two men, Cleopas and this other unnamed individual, are having to watch as their hopes and their dreams get flog after flog ripped to shreds before their eyes. To make matters worse, they then lead him from a whipping post to a cross. They nail him to the cross, and after he finally gives up his last breath, they shove him in a tomb, and the Romans are hoping they can forget that this madman named Jesus ever walked their streets. And these two men stand there in disappointment. Can I be honest with you? These men in Luke 24, they're disappointed with Jesus. Are you disappointed with God? 
can I just let you know you're in a church where it's actually okay to like say that? It's okay to say, yeah, I'm a little disappointed in God. He didn't do what I thought he was gonna do. The year didn't go the way I thought it, it was gonna go. Are you disappointed with God? These two men are. So they walk this seven-mile journey. They are walking with their heads hung low. And then all of a sudden, this crazy thing happens. This all happens on what the Bible refers to as the third day. Now, you and I, if you even just know a little bit about what we believe, you know the third day has some serious implications because Jesus got up out that grave on the third day. Here's the problem. You and I know that because we read the book. They're living the book. They don't have the luxury of reading the Gospel of Luke. They're living its last chapter. They don't know what's going on. So the third day just still represents disappointment. The third day still represents devastation. So all of a sudden, they're walking, and the Bible says this, that Jesus starts walking along the road with them. But crazily enough, they don't know it's Jesus. Now, I don't know how Jesus' face was kept from being seen. I don't know if he had those glasses that have the nose attached and the little mustache. Like, I don't know. Was his face pixelated? Is he a witness protection program? We don't know how his face was kept from being seen. But nonetheless, they could not tell it was Jesus. And all of a sudden, they are walking with Jesus, and Jesus asks them, what is this you're talking about as you walk along the road? And they said, everything that just happened in Jerusalem. And Jesus says, what things? And they say, you don't know? You must be the only person in the country who doesn't know what just took place. There was this man named Jesus. He was mighty in, in deed and word before God and all the people, and we had thought he was the one. We had hoped he is the one what are they doing they're letting jesus know and they don't know it's jesus how disappointed in jesus they are and this is why this is just conjecture the bible doesn't tell us exactly why jesus's face was kept from being seen but let me just speculate for a moment this is keenan not scripture i think jesus kept his face from being seen because had he allowed them to see his face they would have never let him into their disappointment and you know why I know that? Because that's what I do. I'll get real with you maybe about my disappointment. I'll get real with myself about my, my disappointment. But the second God shows up, hey, it's time to button it up. Because being real about how you're disappointed and how things have gone doesn't sound like faith. It doesn't sound like you're speaking the word. It doesn't sound like you're, 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 you're talking God talk. We learn how to button it up the second God gets around. So God makes sure that they will let him into who they really are and where they really are. I think that's why Jesus' face was kept from being seen. So all of a sudden they get real. We had hoped that he was the one. And then Jesus says this. Let's throw it on the screen. Luke 24, verses 25. It says, he says this. Jesus said to them, oh, foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe, listen to this, listen to this, don't miss this. All that the prophets have spoken. It's not, he doesn't say all that the prophets currently are speaking. You didn't get the prophets tweet this morning that this was gonna happen. No, he said, this has been talked about for generations. 
He's saying, you, 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 you missed it? We, this has been talked about for centuries that this would take place. Notice what else he says. All that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And listen to this. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in, the scripture, in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Notice this. They let Jesus into their disappointment and where does Jesus redirect them to? To the word. He says, wait a second, you're disappointed that this happened? The prophets for years have been screaming that this would happen. Now listen to me, I don't want anyone to be left out on this. The Old Testament always talks about how the Messiah would go through the things that Jesus went through. That's one of the reasons that we have so much hope in the fact that Jesus is the literal Messiah because of how many Old Testament prophecies his 133 stint, year stint on this planet fulfilled. The entire Old Testament from the book of generations, excuse me, from the book of Genesis to the book of Malachi, we all get it wrong from time to time. <laughs> from the book of Genesis to the book of Malachi, it all screams one thing, what just took place three days ago. And Jesus says, hold on a second, you forgot that this was how it was gonna go? Notice what happened. Jesus said, the answer for your disappointment, my friend, is the word. That's it. I know you guys want me to bring like a nice little cliche thought and you want me to have all my points alliterated. They all start with a P and it leaves you feeling really good. But I'll just be honest with you. What you need more of in 2023 is the word. That's what you need. You need 2023 to be the year you get in the word of God like never before. 2023 will be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. 2023 is gonna be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. And I really wanted to encourage somebody with the thing Jesus encouraged these two men who are down in the dumps with is get back in the word because I came with a word of warning. I came with a word of warning. Please listen to me. God is committed to what he said, not what you thought. That's what God's committed to. God in 2023 is committed to what he said, committed to what he promised, committed to what he spoke, not the way you thought it was gonna go. And Jesus is having to confront these two men on this, this disappointing trek from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And he has to go, hey, listen, you're disappointed because you rooted your life in something other than what God said. You are setting yourself up for disappointment. You are setting yourself up for disappointment when you build your life on anything other than the word of God. And can I just be honest with you? This is not old hat. I think you and I think that memorizing scripture and kind of tucking the scriptures away in our hearts and memorizing uh, ones that aren't just John 3.16 and Jeremiah 29.11, I think those are the ones we are naturally prone to. But I would encourage you, memorize a few more actually begin to darken the doorstep of scriptures you've never heard preached from this stage. Of scriptures you've never heard quoted. And I'm telling you, when all of a sudden you really begin to dive deep into the minutia, into the, the nook and crannies of this book, I'm telling you all of a sudden your disappointed heart will begin to burn again because that's what happened to these men. Let's keep reading. Luke 24, verse 32 says this. They said to one another after Jesus has left them, did not our hearts burn within us while he 
talked to us on the road. And then they're like, no, it wasn't just when he talked. It was while he opened up the scriptures. They say, hey, hey, wait a second. We should have known that was Jesus. Jesus revealed himself to them later on. And they say, we should have known it was Jesus. My heart began to burn as he began to open up the scriptures. Notice what happened. What took a disappointed heart and allowed it to be a burning heart again? It was the word. The word is not overrated. It's the, the problem is you don't know it. And we are so lucky here in America. Our problem is not limited access. Our problem is that we lack maturity. That's our problem. We lack discipline. Can I be honest with you? If I only read the word of God when I felt the endorphins and I felt the dopamine and I felt the serotonin and God was just speaking to me and I couldn't get enough, I would hardly read this thing. If I only opened up this book when it felt right, I wouldn't have anything to live on, let alone give away. Let this be the year that you dive into the word of God. And listen to me, really, what I came to tell somebody is if you feel burnt out, guess what the antidote is? It's more of the word. You feel burnt out, guess what caused them to burn again? Their heart began to burn. And that's what I'm praying you get in 2023. You get a Luke 24 burning heart for the things of God, for the presence of God, that you aren't just satisfied coming in here and being spoon-fed Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, but you can't get enough. And you go home and you actually begin to open up this thing for yourself. That's when your life is gonna change. That's when your relationship with God is gonna go to a whole nother level is when you start taking the word of God seriously. You want your heart to burn again? Are you burnt out? You burnt out? You burnt out on what you're called to do? Tempted to give up? Get back in the word. Get back in the word of God. Because many times the word of God is the first thing we leave when we're disappointed. It's the very first thing we drop when we're disappointed, but God is committed to what he said, not what you thought. But maybe your problem isn't, maybe your problem isn't the fact that this year has not gone the way you thought it would go. Maybe your problem, what I'm trying to say, isn't something that's already happened. Maybe what has disappointed you, maybe what is letting you down is what is currently happening. I would even guarantee to say this, at least one person in a crowd this size, your 2023 has already gotten off to a rough start. What you woke up to left you disappointed, let you down. Maybe it is what you are currently looking at. I don't know if it's, if it's a medical issue. I don't know if it's a financial crisis. I don't know if it's some sort of moral compromise that no matter how hard you try, you cannot dig your way out of. I don't know what it is you are staring down, but it's something you are currently staring down. It's not something you once went through. Maybe it's what you're going through. Maybe it's what you're looking at right now. You know, as I began to think about this and I prayed, I was like, Lord, give me something for somebody who's going through something now. All of a sudden, God spoke this, 2 Kings 6. And that's the cool thing about when you start getting the word of God in you, God can use the word of God on you. <laughs> you start going through stuff and God says, hey, go to 2 Kings 6. And the only reason I know to go to 2 Kings 6 is because I'd already been to 2 Kings 6 before. 
I'm not saying I know the word of God better than everybody, but I know the word of God better than Kenan did in 2022 and better than Kenan did in 2021 and better than Kenan did in 2020. And guess what? Next year, I'll be able to say the same thing about this year. But God said, 2 Kings 6 is where you need to go. 2 Kings, listen to me, is all about a prophet by the name of Elisha. He follows another prophet by the name of Elijah. Okay, a little confusing, but we're gonna talk about Elisha. Now, Elisha has been doing crazy miracles. In fact, he was given a double portion of the anointing that was on his, his, his predecessor, Elijah. He was literally given a double portion of the anointing. So he is going around healing people, doing crazy signs and wonders. And he has a servant by the name of Gehazi. And they're traveling. And all of a sudden, one night, they set up their tent. And Elisha and Gehazi go to sleep in 2 Kings 6. And Gehazi wakes up in the morning, his servant, and he gets up, you can imagine, stretching it out, much like you did this morning. And he goes over to the edge of the tent and he opens the door to see what the new day holds. And he looks outside the tent and the entire Syrian army is surrounding their tent. Listen to me, Syrian army, bad guys in the Bible. Okay, this is not help is on the way. This is, oh dang, all right? Gehazi looks out of the tent and the entire Syrian army has their tent surrounded. War horses and chariots have surrounded them. They are armed to the teeth, ready to take out the prophet Elisha. The prophet Elisha had been foiling the king of Syria's plans over and over and over. And finally, he just dispatched his entire army to go and take out Elisha. And they've got them surrounded. This is what Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, wakes up to opens the tent door, and all he can see is hundreds, if not thousands, of Syrian soldiers. So you can imagine, he quickly closed the curtains, right? <laughs> quickly just shut those things. And he runs over to Elisha, and he begins to shake Elisha. He says, wake up, you man of God. Wake up, wake up. And he's shaking him, and Elisha wakes up. And all of a sudden, he looks at him, and he says, the entire Syrian army is outside. We are surrounded by the Syrian army. We're free. He's freaking out. You can imagine he is totally losing his mind. And Elisha says this to him. This is so gangster. Elisha says this, don't be afraid. There's more on our side than there are on theirs. I can just imagine Gehazi going, okay, I'm going to wait a second here. I'm not like a mathematician, <laughs> but I know, I know a few things. All right. Entire Syrian army, hundreds, if not thousands. Okay. And us. All right. One, two, that's it. I don't know what you mean. There's more on our side than there are on theirs. And notice what Elisha does. Rather than trying to explain away what he means, he does something really simple for his friend. He prays for him. That's what you need in 2023. You don't need people who will explain things to you. You need people who will pray for you. And all of a sudden, Elisha says, let me just pray. Let's throw it up. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16 says this. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than there are on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the crazy thing is this. As soon as Elisha finishes this prayer, Gehazi walks back to the edge of the tent, opens the tent door, and to his shock and surprise, the entire Syrian army is still there. They're still there. 
All hundreds, if not thousands of them, have them still surrounded. But here's the crazy thing. All of a sudden, Gehazi takes his eyes off the enemy and he lifts them up to the hills. And on the hillside, on the mountain ridge, are thousands, hundreds of thousands of angel armies, of, of, of horses and chariots of fire, the Bible would have it called. Literally, as he looks up, he sees that what is surrounding him is itself surrounded by God. And I'm here to tell you today, you have to understand, we are weird around here. If you haven't noticed, I'm a little strange. Okay, but we are weird around here. We are not just a bunch of people who found some ancient artifactual book and like are trying to build our lives on good principles and good truths. No, we're people who believe in a whole nother realm. We're people who believe that there's a realm beyond this realm that we can hear, see, taste, smell, and touch, okay? There's a realm called the spirit realm. And I'm here to tell you this morning that if you could look with spiritual eyes at what is surrounding you, you like Gehazi would see it is itself surrounded by God. The Bible says this, that the spirit of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool. Get this, the earth is God's ottoman. The earth is where God just decides to prop his feet up when he's ready to take his afternoon nap. When God gets ready to rest, he rests his feet on where we are going crazy. And if God is at rest, let me ask you this. Why aren't you? If your God is at rest, why aren't you? If he isn't worried, why are you? If you could look with spiritual eyes, you, in fact, would look at your situation and you would see that it itself is surrounded by your God. But notice what did it for Gehazi. Gehazi couldn't see that army before. It was there. The angel armies were there the whole time. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. They didn't show up just because Elisha prayed. He was able to see because Elisha prayed. But what changed it for him was he allowed somebody to pray for him in his disappointment. Can I just encourage you? You need to invite people of prayer into your disappointment. You have no problem inviting people into your disappointment. (laughs) Many of you will invite anyone and everyone into your disappointment. And the problem is you have invited people into the disappointment who instill the disappointment. They drive the screws of disappointment further in. In fact, they strip the screws to make sure you can never get them out. You are running to people who further the disappointment rather than who will step in and wade in and take your disappointment to the feet of Jesus. And in 2023, what you need is people of prayer. Notice what I did. I'm preaching a sermon on going to the word of God and prayer, and I'm doing it in a way where you're actually interested. (laughs) I sneak attacked you. Had I told you this morning, we're going to talk about two things, the word of God and prayer. You'd have gone to sleep. You'd have gone to sleep. But listen to me. Nonetheless, what you need in 2023 is you need more of the word and you need people of prayer in your life. You know, in the gospel, in the gospels, we see this man who's paralyzed And he's surrounded by these four men, his four friends, and they rip a roof off in order to lower him down to Jesus. And the Bible says this, Jesus says that he saw their faith and healed the man. He didn't see the man's faith. He saw the man's friend's faith and healed him. This man got healed not because of who he was, but because of who his friends were. And I just wanna propose this. If your friends can get you healed, 
your friends can keep you broken. If the right friends will get you healed, the wrong friends can keep you broken. You need to really take inventory of who your inner circle is in 2023. I'm not talking about we get that Christian, I'm better than you. I'm looking down my spiritual nose at you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about recognizing your own immaturity. You understand the world would find us way more attractive if we would quit making them the problem and recognize our immaturity is the problem. I don't have to distance myself from you because you're so bad. I actually have to distance myself from you because you have a lot of influence on me. You're actually really cool and I'm not mature enough yet to just be my own individual and believe what I believe. What if we actually took, what if we actually owned our crap for once? I think the world might find us a little more attractive. If your friends can get you healed, the wrong ones can keep you broken. Gehazi invited someone in to pray for him and his eyes were opened like that. Prayer is what is going to shift things in 2023. Prayer is what's going to take your life to the next level in the next year. Well, here, let me ask you this, and this is where I really want to begin to close down. If I could have somebody come and play quietly behind me. What happens, listen to me, what happens when the prayer gets answered? Like what I'm saying is, what happens when you pray and God says, yes. I think we hear a lot of sermons about what do you do when the answer to your prayer is no, which is a great sermon, by the way. I think that's good. How do you handle unanswered prayers? How do you handle a prayer that the answer is no? But what happens if 2020, in 2023, you pray, God bless me. God enlarge my borders. God bring them into my life. God bring the finances. God let my business take off. And he says, yes. What happens when he answers your prayer? Because listen, what I have found is though the prayer got answered, life isn't over. Listen to me. The way you handle answered prayers can either set you up to live in the prayer or set you up to be back in a place of disappointment all over again. If you inappropriately handle your answered prayer, you will be right back here yet again, though God said yes. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You prayed for a spouse, you got on your knees and you prayed for him and God gave them to you and now you're in disappointment. You know why? Because you've taken them for granted. You've taken them for granted. You've mistreated them. How you handled the answered prayer has led you back to a place of disappointment. Maybe you pray for provision. God, give us the resources. God, give us the finances and God miraculously gets money to you. And the way you handle the resource, the way you mishandle and misuse an answered prayer has led you back to a place of feeling let down. How do you handle it when God says yes? Because here's what I really believe. I believe God's gonna say yes in 2023. I believe he's gonna say yes to you in 2023. But you've gotta say yes back. You've got to say yes to him. At the beginning of this year, I did an extensive Bible reading plan. In fact, I did the whole Bible in 29 days. It was wild. It was a, it was a big haul. But upon that, in that Bible reading plan, I got to Matthew 14. It's a long way in, by the way, when you start at the beginning. I got to Matthew 14 and, man, I'm telling you, God wrecked me. 
There's a story in Matthew 14 that many of us are familiar with. I've preached it so many times. I've read it countless times, heard it countless times, but God gave me an insight on it that has really led me and guided me in 2022, and it's gonna continue into 23, and I wanted to give it to you today. In, in, Luke four, excuse me, in Matthew 14, we find the disciples are in a boat, and they're in a storm. The storm is threatening the boat. It's a boisterous storm. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes walking on the water. He's walking on the water. This is a crazy thing. The disciples can't, don't even realize it's Jesus. And if one of them rubs their two brain cells together and realizes it's Jesus out on the water. And this whole time, I could have sworn it was Jesus's idea for Peter to walk on the water. I really thought, oh yeah, and Jesus asks Peter to walk on the water. Then I read it again and realized it was not Jesus's idea for Peter to walk on water. It was Peter's idea. Peter literally says this, Lord, if, if you would, bid me to come on the water to you. What is he doing? He's praying. What do you call it when you talk to Jesus? This is Peter's prayer request. Lord, let me walk on water. Lord, let me do the impossible. Lord, would you let me do it? And Jesus says, come. What he's saying is, I'll grant your request. He says, yes, you can do it. And this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. And it wrecked me personally. And I'm praying it helps you and guides you in this next year. The Holy Spirit showed me this. You know, Peter was really good at looking to Jesus when he was praying the prayer but he took his eyes off Jesus once Jesus granted the prayer. He was really good at looking to Jesus when he was making the request, but he took his eyes off Jesus once Jesus granted the request. And I think, listen to me, in 2023, what you need to hear is not just would God bless you, but how are you gonna handle it when he does? It's not just about looking to Jesus when you're praying for the business to take off when you're praying for the relationship, when you're praying for the provision, when you're praying for the restoration of a relationship, but it's keeping your eyes on him even when he says yes. Peter got his eyes off on something else and it's not important what he got his eyes on, it's that he got his eyes on something else. And notice what happened. He begins to sink. Peter putting his eyes on anything other than Jesus quite literally, whoo, let him down. It let him down. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe in 2022, God said yes to you. And because of how you handled the answered prayer, you are starting 2023 let down, disappointed. And I've got good news for you today. The story doesn't end there. Though Peter took his eyes off Jesus, Jesus never took his eyes off Peter. <laughs> Jesus never took his eyes. All of a sudden, Jesus is right there and he pulls Peter out of his letdown and he walks him back to the boat and they make it to the other side unscathed and Peter lived another day. Your story's not over. The letdown doesn't have the final say is what I'm trying to say. The disappointment doesn't have to be the story of your life. The book is not closed. And if you feel let down this morning, if you feel disappointed, I wanted to extend somebody a lens of faith to say this year, what you need to look through is you need to look through the word. You need to get people of prayer and you got to keep your eyes on Jesus even when he's blessing you. 
even when he's bringing the increase. Even, it's not just the hard times that we need him. It's not just when you're staring down a divorce or a bankruptcy or an addiction that has its fangs in your jugular. It's all the time. When he's causing your vats to overflow, when you've prayed the prayer of Jabez, Lord, enlarge my borders, and he does it. That's when you've got to keep your eyes on him the closest. I've heard it said you got to be careful when you're on top because that's when the devil comes. You got to be careful when God's blessing you because that's when the devil hits the hardest. Thank you for listening to this message from Celebration Church. You can keep up with all that God is doing here at Celebration by following us on Facebook and Instagram.